everyone. My name is Gajan, aka Gigi. I'm Victoria. And I'm Mika. And this is and we have a guest Vicky I'll let you go ahead and introduce her oh yeah so you know we like to promote um self-love and emotional stability and all things like the word of the table so introduce to you guys Faith Harris she's a Christian life coach and she is such an awesome woman of God. Like I've been personally, I've been subscribed to her for over a year. Every time she drops a video, I'm always like, mm. so I love the fact, <laughs> love the fact that she can like come, um, uh, bless us on our show. And the topic that I wanted to talk about today, um, and I definitely want us to like get candid mm-hmm. is imposter syndrome. So I know it's like a buzzword right now. Like I see a lot on like blogs and this, that, and the third, but really when it comes down to it, it just, it's, it's doubt, right? It's, it's doubt that you can do, that you can achieve, that you even deserve. Like, it's just, Mm. I feel like suffocating doubt. (laughs) So I'm, I'm glad that Faith is here. She's a life coach. She can absolutely give us insight, um, biblically and like I guess like through like a mental health aspect mm-hmm. of it yeah yeah <laughs> just enough about me Faith you can like you know introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself okay well my name is Faith Harris I'm a life coach I've been a life coach for about a year um, but I've been in the mental health field for almost eight years intensively like the last two years I've been really just mental health all the way Um, I'm actually in school right now receiving my master's in pastoral counseling. So just to kind of evolve that life coaching aspect and to dig a little bit deeper. But for me personally, too, I'm like every other woman, I have suffered from imposter syndrome as well. So I can definitely, definitely relate to that in business and in my personal life since I've been a little girl. So do you think that it's more so women that suffer with it or do you like, you know, men are just quiet about it? Like, do you... I would say both suffer from it, but I think women suffer from it differently because we are already so self-conscious. Well, men are self-conscious, but they're not like as displayed about it. Mm -hmm. So they don't naturally come out and just say they're insecure because they like to build this persona that they're this man and they can do everything where women, when we build that persona, we become weak and then we don't want to be strong anymore. So it's like, we're so used to being strong, but we don't want to be necessarily. And as black women, I feel like that's a stereotype that comes along with being a black woman. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be independent. You're supposed to be submissive at the same time too. So in a sense, it's like, where do you find yourself in the midst of all of those things that other people expect you to be? And then I think that's where imposter syndrome comes from, because it's like you can be doing something for 20 years and all of a sudden when you get this promotion, you're like, can I really do this? Am I able yeah. to do this? Oh, my God. And it's like, hold on, you already been doing this. But it's like this level of validation that we seek outwardly and we can't receive because it's some internal work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So have you guys ever, like, we can like go around, have you guys ever felt not like uh, in a sense of that? Like when I was looking it up, it was like, it can affect your home life, um, your online presence, um, workplace, even you and your church, government, things like that. So like, does that resonate with you guys? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Gigi. <laughs> I was going to say definitely. And I would say in, in many layers, like um, yeah. at work, 
for sure. Mm. Um, actually, recently I had to do self-evaluations and I was sitting there like, what do I do? <laughs> I don't even, I'm like, what did I do for the past year? Like, where am I? Like, what's my job title? Like, oh man, like it was just nerve wracking, just trying to just put what I do <laughs> And that process within itself was also just showing me how much I doubt myself. But actually through the process, I was realizing like, wow, I've evolved. Like, yeah, yeah. Evaluation. I was like, oh, okay, all right, gee, I see you. But initially I had that imposter syndrome. Like I was just like, yo, I don't know what to put in this. It's going to go to my managers. They're going to, you know, review it. I have no idea what's going to come back. I still didn't get them back yet, but um, that's definitely something that was recent um that happened and I would definitely say just like I think sometimes that self-doubt is in lots of places like it's not just work it's like I'm not doing enough as a daughter I'm not doing enough as like a friend or you know I think that self-doubt just creeps in and yeah I've definitely experienced it um on multiple levels I agree with that because I say it kind of filtrates from one place into the other like water like a river it just goes into the sea and then you're like in this big sea of doubt so for me I experienced it on like every level even being a Christian and Mm -hmm. knowing I've been in church my whole life going to this new church and seeing people and then God calling me to do something I'm like Lord how am I supposed to do that and you know you feel like you have to meet this standard but then that's when I always have to go back and get recentered on God and really look at the purpose because at work I found myself one time just doing everything that I knew I could do just to kind of please my boss. And then I got burnt out and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, and at the same time, I still felt like I couldn't do it all, even though I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's the place in myself where I have doubt and validation trying to prove to somebody else like, Hey, I can do everything. I don't need you. But at the same time, realistically, that wasn't who I was internally because I was really insecure. I was really super insecure and doubtful. And I'm like, I know I can do these things, but it was a, it came from a lot of, I think, like she said, being this daughter that you're not, or having people tell you stuff when you're younger. And then as you're growing up and you become older, you don't necessarily live through those things, but they're still subconsciously in your mind. Mm -hmm. So when those pressure points come up, when the life causes you to propel forward and it's like, okay, it's go time. Now, this is a new level, a new platform, a new career. Now you have to do it. But mm-hmm. especially in church, I have to take the mask off and be like, okay, God, this is not me. So I'm going to listen, I don't want to operate through myself. You move through me because if I had that mask on, then I'm for I'm behind the mask and I'm in a sense of doubt and fear. And then that, that anxiety just goes into everything and all my work. So mm-hmm. wow. That's crazy mm-hmm. that you brought up church though. Cause like how many people act yeah. holy holy? Yeah. <laughs> underneath that like it's a whole type of turmoil underneath that mask and you have no idea Mm -hmm. very true but I feel like Christians do that a lot nowadays like if we look at even get on social media and you see all these people living this life and then next thing you know it's boom so and so did this and it's like brings them back down to the level of humanness that I think we forget that we all are sometimes because we're looking at what we can produce rather than who we are producing through you know Mm, yeah Yeah. good word um for me I think I've experienced it like maybe all my life um and I think maybe it's because of the propensity of things that I choose to put myself in like from uh the things that I was interested in when I was in school the things that I've done as a career like 
I, my first job out of college, I studied engineering and my first job out of college was in petroleum engineering and it was a male dominant, dominated field. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking in as a young black girl. So I felt like I didn't belong. Um, but I think like, even now, I think now as a new mom, I have a one-year-old, I feel all the time, I'm like, ah, am I doing this right? Yeah. And even in my work before going out of maternity, before going into maternity leave, I felt like I was a superstar at work. And then I get back to work. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm, I'm not meeting my expectations of myself. I feel like I'm out of place. And yeah, I'm still struggling through it. Of course, I pray through it. But the way that I think that um, I deal with it, I, I'm just, I just speak openly. Like if I'm talking to a coworker, like I have my support system at work, mm-hmm. I just check in with them. I'm like, listen, I just, today I feel like I'm out of my element. And especially in my position, I work, I, I give people advice. So people to look to me as an expert. And I'm like, you're looking at me as an expert. I don't feel like an expert right now. <laughs> so I, I honestly speak to my um, coworkers and I'm like, can I check in with you to make sure like I'm like giving the right advice before I go back to these people? So um, I think that helps, but I, I still struggle with it constantly. That is, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Because especially with work, that's where it's like, mm-hmm. I sometimes feel it with church, but especially with work. Yeah. I, I, I joke around with you guys all the time that like, I'm a runner, I'm a track star. Like, like when it comes to work and I feel like, I'm not supposed to be here, especially like if if the paycheck is a little too high and stuff like that. I'm like, these people gonna get they will find out. <laughs> they gonna see the truth. <laughs> what are some coping mechanisms? And as Christians, what are some coping you would advise somebody with? I would say because the way that you sound, what I hear behind your words is like self-worth. Because if somebody wants to pay you, that they have enough confidence in you to pay you that much money and think you can do the job and you feel all this anxiety, then it's really a lack of you understanding yourself on your end. Because it's like, you should know that you're worth not even just that, but more than that. So it's a matter of coping mechanisms look like, what things are you doing at home to really build your confidence outside of always looking just, you're just always under pressure. So if you're always under pressure, you're not relieving yourself of that. So it's like putting mm. a lid on a pot and it's boiling and all that steam builds up. If you don't never take the lid off, it's just going to create a combustion. It's mm. no release in it. So it's just like you have to then provide yourself with self-love. What words are you speaking to yourself? What mm. thoughts are you thinking? Because sometimes it's a term called rumination. It's basically when sometimes you take yourself through a cycle in your mind and you're constantly going through that same cycle of that same issue over and over again. And that could be why you feel like when you go to every job that I feel the same pressure because you had that same incident that you maybe don't even know in your mind that may have happened to you one time that is now just replaying itself in your actions and your emotions. And you react to that same pressure you dealt with before in the same manner. And you just don't know because it's like, we get so tied to these things that really aren't a part of our personality. That's where imposter syndrome really is. It's like you form this whole personality of thinking you're not this person, <laughs> but you really are. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
like being a fraud in a sense, but you're not a fraud. It's like it's like having a bachelor's degree in something, getting the job, working there, and then sitting at your desk every day like, how am I here? You have yeah. the degree to be. No. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I, I have a degree in media, and every time I get a media job, I'm like, they not hire somebody qualified. Like, <laughs> like, that's so funny. So you, you, as you said that, I thought back. So again, like I said, I studied engineering, but I don't work as an engineer now. Mm-hmm. I've like pivoted my career out of that. I worked in media. Now I work in the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. and everyone, like when I talk about my background, they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, and people come to me and they're like, so how do you, how do you, how do you sell yourself? And I'm like, mm-hmm. nah. <laughs> why are you asking me? And it's true. It's like that, like you are that, but then like you don't believe sometimes like you um, doubt that am I really worth it? Is this really your doubt, doesn't ma- your doubt doesn't match up with who your spirit knows who you are. Your mind knows yes. who you are. You know, your physical being knows that you can do yes. something, but that doubt is like, I can't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you gotta like, have a seat sis, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how many times does god call us to things and we just think we're not equipped and it's like god knows everything so why would he call us into a position thinking that we're not qualified yeah we still have that self-doubt i don't know why i mean i guess even in the bible there's a a lot of people that had that self-doubt like moses it's like a bunch of (laughs) yeah like um a lot of women too they had like a lot of self-doubt but then god pulled them through it but yeah it It just comes up i guess it's just like you said the thoughts that we've had um in prior situations maybe it comes up and then we're just out here like oh this is gonna happen again and maybe it's like a safety mechanism too exactly okay well i know if i do a i can just go back to my norm Mm -hmm. uncomfortable i don't have to do all these things that i know is gonna probably lead to my growth but this is easier you know Mm-hmm. It's all I can handle right now. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that she said that because that is so true. It's like a safety blanket. It's like your comfort zone. And of course, if anybody knows when God is positioning you to be in a different point, you have to really get outside of your comfort zone sometimes. Like all that old stuff you used to do to get over certain issues, you can't do no more. And it's hard because it's like, I think like she said, when people in the Bible were scared, it's like Sarah, when God sent the angel to tell her that she was going to have a baby, she laughed. Because <laughs> in a sense, you're like, okay, God, I'm this old like don't play with me like I don't want it all this time you ain't gonna give me no baby because it's like a press it's like a pressure too mm-hmm. but I think the pressure from the world goes into our Christian relationship because we think the pressure and the validation that we need from humans that we're gonna we're gonna need that same validation from God but we have already been equipped to need God so no matter what place we are in life messed up good bad ugly God still accepts us but we know humans had that flaw of tooting their nose up at us acting like we're the only ones dealing with these issues because you have people who deal with the same thing you deal with, but not necessarily are as open about it. Yeah. So I meet a lot of women who are just like, yeah, girl, you know what? Are open to sharing their testimony where they are at in life. And then I have other women where it takes a little bit longer as they really discover like, hey, I don't have to be in this position alone. Like I'm not the only person going through this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, something you said, I think for me, uh, one of the things that has taught me not to run away is being a mom because I know I have to show up for my daughter no matter what like so 
when I feel like, you know, even at work, if I feel like, you know, I can't do this right now, like I almost took like a three year leave of absence. <laughs> like I told, I told my husband, I was like, listen, I don't think work is for me. Like, and I never thought before having a baby, I always said, I want to be a working mom. I'm not, the stay at home life is not for me. Although it could be for some other moms, but for me, I always thought this is not for me. So I told my husband, I'm like, I'm going to just take a three year leave of absence. And cause I can't handle this. And he was like, he had to talk me back into like who he knows that I am. Mm-hmm. And like, I think showing up for my daughter makes me, uh, it gives me strength to show up in other areas, like at work or in other areas in life. That's amazing. I like that. That's good. And I just was also thinking like how many times, even as like Christians, we blame like the enemy. We'd be like, oh, the enemy, mm. girl. Come on now. He's working. And it's like, no, girl, you just, your mind. it's you. It's you. <laughs> it's your mind, girl. It's your mind. <laughs> right. It's your own thoughts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but like you said, Victoria, I would say some coping skills are like definitely really getting to the root of your trauma. Really, but first you have to be self-aware and honest about it because that's the first step. If you're not honest about what you have dealt with or the things, the reasons, the root of your anxiety, your issues, your fears, your doubts, then you can't really move past that first first phase. Because if you're not making yourself aware to say, hey, this is this is what it is, God, this is me presenting this to you, then you can't really let that work, internal work take place in your heart. Like, dang, because I know when I was going through my journey, it was some places I was like, God, I didn't struggle with that. And God would bring me a memory. And I'd be like, oh, God, I sure did do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the moments, it was funny because it made me realize, like, that's why, what that's what's been blocking me about believing in myself. Because my biggest fear used to be who I could become. Like, I know I can do things comfortable at the level in which I can control everything because I knew I had a lot of lack of control in my childhood because of certain abuse and things that happened. I knew that I always had to control the atmosphere. And that was a part of my journey that I had to relinquish to God. Like, you're not going to be in control of your future. You can't dictate certain things you want to happen. And that was a really like sit down moment. Like, okay, you need to sit down and be and deal with it. But that takes trust and really just working through that thing and being honest and say, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't have control realistically anyways, if I'm still doubtful. I really don't. I just yeah. got control over my doubt because I know what yeah. I'm doubtful of. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so, I, love yeah. I love, especially like um, when you were talking about like getting out of your comfort zone. I remember one time you had like this video about like your breakthrough area, right? So like h- how, besides like, um, figuring out like the source of my trauma and stuff like that Mm -hmm. what are other ways that I could like get out of my comfort zone what about like affirmations how can I affirmations what go ahead and say what you know but like how 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 does one do that like when you start like I had to be okay for me for to be honest with myself I knew I'm a visual person that's how I learn I see things I'm more of like okay if I see you do it I know I can do it so how do I start asking myself questions like realistically I write in a journal, but I'm not wanting people to do like the step-by-step journal where you got to read this every day because I know I'm a single mom. I have two boys. When I'm getting up and going, making them breakfast, I'm not going to remember to pick that thing up. Like I write when I write, but so I said, realistically, Faith, when you get up in the morning, you have your calendar on your wall. I took sticky notes and I put them on a certain place on my wall that I knew in the morning, even unconsciously that I would look at. 
And then I would get in the mirror while I was doing my hair, brushing my teeth or whatever. And I would just start speaking to myself. Now this, it was awkward, you guys, I'm not going to lie. First, it was a little awkward looking yourself in the mirror, but I had to get comfortable with seeing me even in my brokenness. So I had to look at myself and say this when I was working out, even like working out when I went to start back working out again, because I got comfortable being at home during COVID, I was literally doing my run and saying to myself, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And at first, when I was saying that, I was like, listen, them cookies in the back of my head, that chocolate. And to be realistic, because it has been a dream for me to want to get to where I want to be at physically. But I had to say certain things to myself and to my heart, believe it, because it's just like in your mind, you may have doubt. I started hearing myself saying, you can't do this. And my girlfriend actually brought it to me. She was like, you, why do you always say that? And I was like, I didn't even notice that. So I had to go back and like repeat the things I want my mind to think about myself. So that way, when I say those things unconsciously, I know it's in my heart now, because Mm. what a lot of what you speak out unconsciously is really how your heart feels about yourself so for me it was taking practical steps writing it down sticking it on a wall um putting timers in my phone to uh read certain verses in that day to really so I can meditate it on the whole week so I'm feeling doubtful this week God I don't feel love let me find a verse about love you can go to Baba tap in love to bring up all the love things Versus I get that, meditate on that for the whole week and try to figure out, even if I didn't have revelation by the end of the week, I'm going to be honest. I go, Holy Spirit, okay, I don't feel this. What am I missing? Is it a place in my heart where I'm not allowing you to come in because I'm so used to shutting people out because I don't receive love? Well, I just start being honest with myself mm-hmm. and being like, even in those places where I knew I saw myself getting offended if somebody said something to me. Why are you getting offended about that? It's not really a big deal. Like just really being open and honest with yourself first, even when other people not around crying it out. If I got to cry, I'm really big. Listen, go in there and cry, let it out, deal with your emotions. And then now let's figure out a solution to it. Cause I even tell my kids that like, I don't have a problem with you crying, but cry, be led, learn to lead your emotions and not be led by them. Mm. So that way, when you have emotions, you can deal with them and then you can figure out a solution instead of just letting them overcome your mind. And then now doubt goes to fear and then fear goes to suicide or whatever else, because mm-hmm. that's ultimately how it happens. But it's just really about pouring that love back into myself that I really wanted to receive. So I know I want to be married. I know I want to um, have, I know I want a certain level of friendship. So what does a friend look like to me? Because I know I'm a great friend and I know what I do for my friends. But I'm like, Lord, I used to be around all these people who didn't do this and do that. And God was like, because you never poured that back into yourself. So I just started treating myself like that. Go out and get myself flowers little $5 pack of flowers from like the grocery store every week, put them on my dining room table. Um, I actually bought myself a little charm for my bracelet, wrote a note, forgot I wrote it. So when it was delivered to me, it was like me reading a little love note to myself, like little stuff like that. But being real with you, what does your heart desire to receive that you are now that where that doubt is? So sometimes we want to be like that peer pressure we get from our job, you have that pressure from your job, but where does that anxiety come from when you feel like you're not good enough? Like where, where does your confidence lie in that? Why are you not confident in that place? But you're able to tell your girlfriend like, hey girl, you look so good. Your hair looks bomb. Mm. Why aren't you telling yourself that? Sometimes when you getting your hair done and you look good, you know? Mm. So just being honest and open with yourself and practical wherever place. It may look crazy to some people. I'm not going to lie. It may look crazy, but if it gets you healed, it gets you healed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like um, 
how you talk to yourself, right? That's how like mm -hmm. when you are trying to fix how you speak to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. What if you are in an environment that doesn't allow you to do that? Like, how do you, um, how do you treat hate-filled criticism? There you go. Oh, like, like right? Like you from your job, from your, like, like when you are getting criticism but it's not like like oh okay it's like not constructive but like right? so like a little bit of mm -mm behind it like a little bit of haters mm -hmm, right <laughs> I would say I've been in moments like that where I know people were taking advantage of me and I had to really humble myself not for the sake of I had to take the face of the person off of what they were doing to me or saying to me mm. to be honest and this take a lot of maturity I had to pray for some people and really bite my own tongue because I know what I can say sometimes. And I know who I used to be when I was the younger, more immature faith. I know what I can say. I can come back at you, hurt your feelings, all that. Yeah. But really, is that going to be conducive to my spirit and where I'm trying to grow to be? And is that going to provide you with anything? Because you, you got to remember, and this is why I say we have to take the Bible literally. You where I say it's kill, you can kill somebody with kindness. People will sit there and be left confused sometimes, wondering why you are nice to them more than they are. If you uh, said something to them, you said a slick word to them, they're just going to argue back with you because people like to tit for tat and you can't fight evil with evil. So sometimes when people give you constructive criticism, start saying nice things to them. Hey, I like that shirt today. Oh, you know that thing you did? Or hey, can you help me with this? Sometimes people apply that pressure to you because they're so used to projecting their own emotions of how they feel about themselves on you. But you have to also get back to God and think about those areas in which people are applying that type of pressure to you. That's your growth point because you're never going to, it's like going into, you're in the wilderness season. You're in your wilderness. So if you're around a whole bunch of people that's giving you criticism, that's not really constructive, then don't allow your mind to feed into that criticism either. If that's not, because people will say stuff to you, but because you're doubtful, you'll start to question yourself like, mm -hmm. is that is that really who I am? And sometimes you have to let those things roll off your back because if not, you're up in the middle of the night thinking about something somebody said, and they're probably at home feeling bad or knowing that they feel like that about their self. Because sometimes when the enemy can't get to you, he's going to attack everybody around you. Oh, you do think you're feeling good today, huh? Oh, you feel good about yourself today. Remember, you was doubtful last week, though. So let me bring that back up. Because mm -hmm. it's just like, and if you allow it to seep in your mind, then you're giving him a foothold to kind of come into your mind now and play his mind games. So can I Ooh. ask a question on that? So I think um, my sister, uh, she one of the things that she she's very good at not uh, responding when somebody says something negative to her, she'll just like brush it off. But for me, if you say something, I'm going to say something and hurt you even worse than what you did to me. <laughs> so like for her, she's just like, if you, what she told me to do is like, if you feel like you have to say something, um, like out loud, just say, okay. And yep. just like walk away. And I, I found that that's helpful to me. I just say, okay. And just like, whatever like um and eventually like sometimes you know at, in the beginning I still felt like the rage it wasn't even anger it was rage I still felt it yeah. inside but I think at some point it got to a point where me saying okay it felt okay inside mm, I like that because it was like you were allowing your emotions you were allowing yourself to lead your emotions so you know you got anger 
Yeah. Me, I'm the type of person I like to walk away from an argument because listen, I'm not gonna argue with you. We can come back together when your emotions are right. I just learned to That's do that nice. because I used to be the person and be like, oh, I'm gonna get the last word. <laughs> I'm gonna say everything that I wanna say. But then I start to realize and God start to show me like, how can I use your mouth to speak to other people if you're always arguing with somebody? Mm. I can't use mm. you out of talking if you're always just talking to bring your mouth. And then that's when I had to become a big girl and say, okay, God, because then somebody prophesied it to me in the middle of intercession was like, hey, you know, you're a great talker, you do this, but it's your attitude. Mm. And I was going, that's when that was like three years ago. And it really made me like, be like, ding, ding. Okay, God, I hear you because you told me this at home. Now I'm, I'm hearing again and I know it's true. So it was like that conviction. It didn't hurt, but it was more so like, okay, get a hold on your anger. Because yeah, yeah. really you're lashing out because you're really still mad realistically, because when people attacked you when you were younger, you now learn how to, that's your defense mechanism. So I think that was a good point you made because you're actually leading your emotions because there's nothing wrong with having anger. It's the fact of the matter. Like if you feel like every time somebody makes you angry, you have to get back at them. Mm-hmm. That's an underlying thing right there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I can't, you can't bless people if you go out here cursing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sorry sister mary go ahead (laughs) um i think for me sometimes it's harder to hear that criticism when it comes from like a loved one especially if Mm -hmm. if you take that person's opinion highly but i really had to learn that like god's view of me is like higher than anyone else's no matter who it is and Mm -hmm. um that's something i had to work myself with myself as well like I had to repeat like bible verses to myself and like mm-hmm. it, like you said meditate on it I definitely agree she you write about that because that was my issue I was like anybody else say something I don't care it was always for me it was my dad so he had a bad temper it was like let him say something to me today God I know I'm gonna go off and I had to get to a place where it had to be like why are you arguing with him what are you really mad at your father for and I sat down and I wrote my father a note that I never gave to him but it released my emotions from that place because I was like I'm really mad at you about some childhood stuff that I feel like you didn't protect me mm-hmm. with and so I feel like I have to argue with you down because now I'm grown and now I'm a bigger person in a sense that I felt like but it was more so me being prideful and I had to be realistic and say because your loved ones always I think because those are the people you love the most and care for the most when you it's like betrayal Mm. You know, somebody said something to you like that. It's like you really have the audacity, and I love you. So you know, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> you gonna hurt me like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's pretty good though. Like writing them a letter. So you did you you actually wrote like dear dad? Da 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 da. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote it on like one of my old journals. I still have it, and I never gave it to him because I didn't want to. It was more so because I knew my my new. It was like, okay, when you have certain relationships with people who don't receive you, even if you express your emotions to them, because their mind, I had to understand my parents went through certain things and certain traumas, so they couldn't be there for me in certain ways with my trauma. And I had to come to closure to realize like, hey, even if this person never is able to understand my feelings, I have to now move on as a grown woman and be okay with where I am. But understand that they went, like my father had a crazy childhood. I had to understand like, okay, he doesn't know how to love me like this because of this he went through. It's no excuse now, but right. I still had to be realistic and say, I can't put expectations on somebody who really didn't have the capacity to do what I needed them to do. Mm. So that was a release from my mind. So I couldn't think about it and had those feelings constantly just continually eat me away. And that bitterness really take root in my heart. Wow. 
So like in the case of, for me, I think one of the things I struggle with, like writing a letter to like my dad, for example, for me, I'd feel like I have to give it to him. Right. So how do you get, how do you get over that? Like not needing to have like that conversation or needing to I would say if you want to have if your heart is urging you to have the conversation have the conversation I didn't have the conversation because I knew it was certain things my dad just didn't have the capacity to deal with because he's still going through things that he needs to be healed from that he hasn't yet so Mm. I just I took leading of the Holy Spirit to be honest like he just didn't have the capacity to really sit down and hear where he's at in his life and I had to turn come to terms with being like okay God I need closure. So just give me my closure. Now, if God is leading you to go say, hey, you really got that place in your heart where God is like, go talk to your dad. Yeah. Just be prepared to know like, okay, Holy Spirit, what if he doesn't receive this? If God is sending you to say a word, even if he doesn't receive it in your expectation, the way that you expect him to, you still did what God told you to do. And that's still enough closure for you to be like, okay, at least I got it out there in the open. It's not on my mind anymore. He knows. I know he knows. So he can't really hide from it now, you know? I love that. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else to add? Oh, just, I guess on one of the thoughts when you said, uh, talking about like, you were afraid of who you can become. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like I never really thought right? of like, yeah. wow, like just the thought of you being successful and in whatever capacity that is, you actually can self-destruct. Yeah. Before that even happened. So I was just like, wow, that's definitely something I never realized that I've done too. Mm-hmm. and but that's that's imposter syndrome too because it's just like okay god i know i got all these gifts and everything but i think because society you see all this stuff growing up and you see these people and how they make it to certain platforms you think like even if you're not on tv and you're at that platform like god i don't see myself there i don't and i think it was a lot of self-doubt for me it was a lot of just a lack of self-worth like okay god i know i can do this but i'd rather do it quietly in the comfort of my own office with nobody around so, you know just do my thing but god like no I want to call you out, but it's just like relieving a pressure. I had to relieve that pressure to be like, okay, you could be stopping yourself from the life that you could really been praying about. Mm. You know, in a sense, like you praying about this and then God is trying to provide you with this, but you scared of walking into that. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a lack of me hearing the stuff that I heard from other people all my whole life and being comfortable at their level or what they thought life was. So you know how you be that person in your family where you branch off to the different career field than everybody else. And you have that family member or that parent that's used to just working as one job your whole life. And they expect you to grow up and do the same thing. And God is calling you. That was synopsis of my life. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) That was mine. mine. And then people talked me out of certain things. And then I kind of got laid astray and then had to be brought back to God. So it was kind of like, why am, this is not, my life is not my, their life. And I had to be okay with saying, I can still honor you. I can still love you, but I know your life is not the same as mine. And this is a whole nother time zone anyways, like a whole nother century millennium. Things are different. (laughs) I had to be really honest with myself. Like if God is calling me into this and I know it's for his glory, then why, what is me? It's really ultimately myself self-destructing myself, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust God in that. Is it? Is yeah. It, the opposite of doubt, is it? Trust the opposite of doubt. Is trust the opposite of and doubt? S- in some ways, I would say it is. Okay. Because if you're doubtful, you're not fully trusting all the way. Okay. Yeah. But I think you could still have doubt and have faith in a sense if you're growing. But if you let that doubt override your faith continually, then you're going to end up having doubt all the way. 
Mm. That's I guess it's what we um decide to move on faith or doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. One of the things as you were speaking, Faith, this I this uh, came back to memory. But one of the things that I used to repeat to myself when I was in school um, is this. It's the lyrics of this song. I don't even remember who sings it, but it's, I think it's called I Am What You See. Um, and it is, uh, I used to say, help me to see me the way you see me, speaking to God, mm-hmm. because I am what you see. And I would repeat all of the things that I believe that God sees me as. And mm-hmm. yeah, that helped me a lot through that's many, many days. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's good right there. Wait, what was the name? Of, you said you don't remember that song? I don't remember. I, who sings it, but I think it's called I Am What You See. Okay. Maybe Bishop Morton. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'll be making up things, Mika. I know. I'm like, uh. <laughs> that, was by, that was by Nas. <laughs> that was by Jay Z. Like, I know. I, anyway. But I'm so glad that we got a chance to like talk about this. Thank you so much, Faith, for giving us a lot of great insight. A lot of great gems. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. This is amazing. You guys will have to come and listen to this now from now on. Add it to my little thing on my phone, my pocket. <laughs> nice. Thank you. So I guess we'll just close it out. All right. Well, thanks again for our special guest. And um, this is a word at the the table. Thanks, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much, babe.